on the podcast. We talk about all things Momofuku. You can visit us at shop.momofuku for our pantry items and our noodles that are available at Target and Whole Foods nationwide. So visit us and uh, let's, uh, let's all eat some delicious noodles and chili crunch and those things together. Let's get on to the podcast. Three, two, one. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a very delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Domo Media. Thank you, Yola Tango, as always. We're doing an Ask Dave, which was supposed to be after dark, but is now mid-afternoon. <laughs> Little afternoon Ask Daves. We have a bunch of questions from uh, the Discord community, from people sending in emails to the fixer at majordomomedia.com. What is this Discord community? Where does someone <laughs> sign up, Chris Yang? <laughs> if you haven't already signed up, I don't know what you're even doing. Are you, are you even our friend? Major Domo Media. So they, what is up with these people saying that smart asses? Like, what did I do to be called a smart ass? That kind of comment, smart ass. <laughs> exactly. If you have to ask, you answer your own question. MajorDomoMedia.com. You can sign up for our Discord. It is a uh, robust and strongly opinionated community of people. I'm trying very hard not to broadcast signing up on all other social media channels because I just want to see how big we can get it on the podcast alone. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It is people. If you're listening to this show, you're listening to Recipe Club, like this is your community. That's the only I place to talk you, about it. Chris's um, future is at stake here, guys. If we don't hit 50,000 subscribers, I don't want to tell you what's going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to be good for It's not going to be good December. for me. By December. <laughs> so get on it, people. My lease on life. Uh, well, a lot of conversations happening in the Discord, and let's go through some of the things that people want to talk about. I don't know where it is, what it's like where everybody listening is living right now, but where Chang and I live, it is uh, warm. It's hot. It's hot as hell. Well, you were dancing the night away at Priya's wedding, <laughs> so you missed a lot of the heat. <laughs> and if you haven't seen Chris dancing by himself, like that Robin song, it's a beautiful thing because it should be a viral meme. Oh it should God. be very Thank similar God. to that meme of that guy looking at that other girl with his girlfriend or wife or partner. <laughs> you think it's that level of meme? That level of meme because it can encompass so, a range of feelings. Chris <laughs> literally grooving. Happen. You know, <laughs> grooving. It's with a the beautiful head of thing. We're, we're, we just have to share that everywhere. All right, you can find it. on Thank this. you, Kushmu, for <laughs> filming that magical <laughs> moment. <laughs> God damn you, Kushmu. 
<laughs> it's somewhere on the Discord. We'll we'll meme it. Uh, I was there. It was hot here while I was gone. Life after sourdough posted something about growing up in hot weather, eating soba, konguksu, konguksu, and bibimguksu on hot days. Nengyan. Do they even talk about Nengyan? I didn't no. see anything about Nengyan. So let's this talk person's about that. A bot. This person's a bot. <laughs> Don't, we just asked people to sign up for the Discord. Now you're saying that we got a bunch of bots. This person's a bot. We got a bunch of bots now. <laughs> we got a trying to this. trying to prove the Turing machine wrong. Uh, <laughs> uh, cold noodles on hot days, Chang. What's your what's your thought on the cold noodle as the ultimate remedy? Very for the similar hot day? to George Martin's. You know, song of ice and fire, right? <laughs> There's only two ways to battle the heat. One is Muningman, not Bibiningman. Muningman is pickled beef broth, effectively. That's what it is, with chewy buckwheat noodles that are nothing like soba. They are uh, noodles that you can choke and die on because they're so chewy, and you need to have them cut. My late dad never wanted his noodles cut. I am also not. I'm the, probably the only Korean I know that refrains from using mustard and the addition of vinegar. I like my nengmyeon to be completely clean. And I'm not the biggest fan of modern nengmyeon broths that are very sweet and overly sweet, in my opinion. I like a more traditional, maybe a North Korean. It's more of a North Korean dish. I think that is amazing. That mm-hmm. is exactly how I grew up eating, even eating nengmyeon in the wintertime. But summertime is the. When it gets hot, I don't think about eating popsicles. I don't think about eating ice cream. I think about getting a whole big bowl of mulningmyeon. My favorite thing about like the mulningmyeon is there are a lot of like cold noodles in the in the canon, but we're talking about like <laughs> cold broth to the point where there's like Just little ice machine, in it. Like, there's yeah, ice, ice. In, the, in the broth. Like that's how cold we're talking about. When I start seeing this on uh, non-Korean people's menus, then 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 BTS really has one. <laughs> then they've really made it. So no, I, I, that would be my number one choice. I, having made soba, I think soba is beautiful, but I don't consider it a hot weather thing because you have to have mori soba, and it's not. It's not really cold. It's it's not. I mean, you can, and there's somen, there's other Japanese noodles, but it's not as refreshing or hot quenching as Munengmen. I'm also not the biggest fan of Bibingengmen. I love Bibingengmen, but not during hot weather. Hmm. I'd rather have song, um, a Jormyeon, which is similar, but that's my go-to. I think cold noodles in general, um, particularly Munengmen is what I want. Or you do it how they do it in Asia. You fight fire with fire. <laughs> Uh, which you have been doing a little bit. I saw on social media. You're like, it's fucking hot pot weather over here in the Chang household. You know what I just made today? Uh, boiled chicken. <laughs> hot. No, are, okay. Hot, hot boiling broth. Are you being contrarian or are you actually no. thinking about this as a it's solution? Legitimately, for the heat? what it is. It's you know what it's like when you taste something really sweet and then you have ice cream. You're like, oh, that's not, that's not so sweet. It's taking practice swings in the batter circle with the donut on. You're like, eh, it's not that heavy. Yeah, it's not bad. That's incredible. So let me just paint this picture for you. If you are 
it doesn't have to be Japan, but I'll, I'll localize it in Japan because that's where I've seen it a lot. It's sweltering hot. There's nothing worse than Asian heat. Uh, those hot ass summers, those typhoon summers where it feels like it's just like dripping moisture. It's the worst kind of heat. 100 degrees. Singapore also, but you don't see it too much in Hong Kong, although with beef noodle soup. Singapore is a whole nother, and Malaysia is a whole nother eating. That's just spicy shit all the time. Mm -hmm. Less about hot noodle soups, in my opinion. When I think about Fighting Fire with Fire, the new book by George R. Martin, I think about small ramen yas with salary men in their ties leaving. Clean white shirts. Leaving a just clean white shirt, sweltering hot outside, and they're sweating. They're just perspiration all over their fucking face, and they're trying to pat it down with a fucking tiny ass towel, tiny ass sniffling, napkin. Sniffling in the heat. Yeah. The tiny napkin that they have in their pocket, that one <laughs> the sheeter. The world's, the world's tiniest s- napkins. Yeah, the post-it note. And they're not sweating because of the heat from the outside. It's because they just down a boiling bowl of ramen the, especially like the uh, the fattier the ramen the better we've talked about this chris a lot the kind of ramen that is a danger it's like a real volcano it's like dante's inferno shit mm-hmm. where there's a inch of oil or maybe a tonkotsu broth and it's legitimately boiling but it's a, not enough to break through the the like the permafrost perma, permafat <laughs> the permafat right that just burns you Burns your mouth, raises your body temperature to like 140 degrees, medium mm-hmm. rare, and you walk outside and it feels like a walk in the park. <laughs> here's here's an inter- yeah, here's here's what is so interesting about what you're talking about. Those kind of like ultra hot boiling soups. I think everybody can relate to like burning your mouth. You put something in your mouth and you're like <gasps> and like if, if you're if you're not used to it, you spit it out or you take a sip of water or whatever it is. We're talking about soups and and an eating style where you eat it and you can feel it burning your insides too. Like that's, that's what you're talking about. He's like, you drink that broth. You don't stop whatever you're feeling in your mouth. You are feeling in your throat all the way down into your little tummy. And you are so, so, so hot. I, I listen, I'm convinced. It's like feeling it's like whatever moment. I don't know the, the moments in life where you're trying to, feel pain so you don't feel the other pain right it's a distraction yeah this is a kind of air conditioning that will never be adopted here in america (laughs) this is i mean basically what you're prescribing basically what you're prescribing is there are two ways to beat the heat you can turn on the ac as high as it'll go or you can turn the heater on i'm just expecting greta thurnberg talking about this as sustainable air conditioning right the only way is to turn the heat way up yeah. so the outside doesn't feel so bad. Yeah. <laughs> so think about that. You do it the fire by fire, you're saving the planet. <laughs> do mother do mother Gaia a favor. Eat more hot soup. Uh speaking of temperature control and heat management, we were there was some conversation on the Discord from our uh old friend fisheries scientist. What do you think this person does for a living? <laughs> It's one of those mysterious uh, usernames where you're just like, I can't even imagine what this person might be interested in or <laughs> do for The score is 1-1. One, one. Who's winning? Uh, fishery scientist was describing their uh, home freezer setup. 
And Fishery Scientist has five freezers. Two for elk and deer, one for crab and shrimp, and two for fin fish, which raises a question for me. Putting aside the energy usage and cost for just a moment here, what would your ideal home freezer fridge setup be? Are you the type of person who wants a specific kimchi fridge? Kimchi and fermented yeah. goods fridge? Yeah. Yeah. I have a co- like a college dorm fridge in my garage. That's my that's my kimchi fridge. I I I don't know if I need if I was an avid hunter, what I'm trying to figure out is fishery scientist um located by the sea or is he you know the elk means he's got to live potentially in the in um, I'm saying Pacific Northwest. Rocky Pacific Northwest. I'm going to say what else say elk and deer? Venison? But then here's the thing. Crab and shrimp. So definitely coastal. There are shrimp in Idaho. Is this like, an, are you insulting like a person that you met in Idaho or something? No. <laughs> in a lot of the, 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 the reservoirs, they feed shrimp. There's shrimp in the dams. And that's what okay. a lot of the trout eat. Okay. But I don't think that's what fishery scientists is keeping. Their it's like effectively <laughs> like freshwater krill. Would you okay? Here's let me let me let me if revise. I, if I was a hunter, I would have a game fridge for sure. Freezer, freezer. If it weren't so ridiculous, five five is ridiculous. If you walked into if you walked into somebody else's house, and they had a walk in, what would your reaction be? That's a dream. A walk in fridge at a home. Walk in right? freezer. There's somebody that I know that uh, I was offhanded joking. As they were rebuilding their house, they're also very wealthy. And they asked for my opinion about what they would want in a dream kitchen. I laid it out there. They're building it. A walk-in fridge and a walk-in freezer. Oh my gosh. So beautiful. That's so insane. <laughs> that would be the only walk-in I'd want. And they don't have to be big. Like a walk-in freezer, they're not big to begin with. I mean, they can be clearly. But that would be nice. I, w- I would just like spend too much time in there, though. <laughs> That would be bad. Uh, Trevor Amick wrote in, I believe, to the fixer to say, stay with me on this here, Dave. This is a doozy. My landlord has plans to turn the apartment above me into an Airbnb and wants me to help him out with it. I'll be a co-host and the $95 cleaning fee will be knocked off my rent to wash sheets and clean up after every stay. Not a bad gig. I'm out of kitchens now, but I also have 15 plus years of kitchen management experience. Landlord wants me to put a small menu together to offer guests for when they arrive. I'm looking at three to four menu items with a vegetarian slash vegan option. The idea is that this will be an easy reheat. If it matters, I live in southeastern Virginia in a heavily military populated area, and we expect the guests to be military transplants for the Naval Hospital nearby. Do you have any ideas for such a menu? Any help you could provide would Did be you greatly say southwestern, southeastern, right? Southeastern. So we're looking Newport News, Virginia Beach area. Okay. Where Pharaoh Williams is from. Okay. That's all I had to say about it. <laughs> I won my first golf tournament in that area. It's also where Allen Iverson is from. I can't believe this person would even wonder if this bit of information would be useful for Tim. Of course it's useful. Now, are you following along here? This guy lives in an apartment. The upstairs can be turned into a unit. I think it's like they want a menu of stuff that can just be waiting in the fridge for guests when they arrive to reheat. What do you think about that idea? 
And what do you think should go into that fridge? I think this is a negotiation with your landlord. <laughs> I wouldn't do anything until I would get it in writing. Because you know why? Fuck your landlords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In, 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 uh, inciting the, the landlord name uh, is, is a trigger here. But, I would, okay, I, would I, I get it. But honestly, I would get it in writing and I would make sure that if it's only, you're, they're getting $95 a month knocked off. <laughs> it sounds like I, I actually glossed over this. I think that they are going to be responsible for cleaning the apartment, washing the sheets, and they are getting paid the $95. I think you sh if they're doing the menu, that should be another with food costs and all that and organizing up an upfront fee. And you would want some kind of retainer for your time and services for creating that. And then, you know, yeah, I think it's a monthly retainer and an upfront development fee. And you should ask your landlord for a first and last month deposit. I, I, I don't even think this is a joke because I'm thinking about this. What if you, what if like your landlord at Momofuku was like, hey, I'm opening a hotel upstairs. Can you, and will you come up and clean the sheets and also develop a menu for the guests for free? Like I mean, that's insane. That's actually what landlords all say anyway. <laughs> that's what they do every day. All right, let's pretend. Let's 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 revise Trevor's question to say like Okay, so it's my, actually my something mother, they have to do. Okay, I get yeah, it. My it. mother just, is opening an Airbnb upstairs and she's asking me for help. Do you want industrious Dave or sandbag? I don't give a fuck, Dave. I think Imagine you you really care about the person who's asking you to do this. Not necessarily that you care about the people staying, but you care about the person who's asking you to do it. And you want it to be executable and for it to get rave reviews on Airbnb. You want this to be a standout feature of this host. I'd buy all the food cooked and put it into containers. <laughs> just have it upstairs. I mean, I mean, I would go to like just... uh, Whole Foods and get some, <laughs> you know, some breaded chicken breasts from the deli case. Yeah, I would go to the supermarket and just buy all that stuff and make it look. What are they going to know? It's going to be like in the freezer anyway. Yeah. I'm helping them out. Mm -hmm. That's actually a good place to look if you're like, oh, what do I need to have reheated? Whatever's in the supermarket deli. Also, just freeze a bunch of lasagnas and throw them in. Like, have a lasagna well, buy for everybody. Well, buy Stouffer's. Buy a Stouffer's lasagna. <laughs> And put it and in And take it out. Take it out of the, once you take it out of the plastic or the box, they won't know. I can't believe you're advocating for this move. I cannot believe you're advocating for the repurposing. <laughs> Ready made food. Uh, I do think that you got to sandbag it, right? Because you have to do this on a regular basis. I don't know. Like if they really wanted to make something for lasagna, definitely not. That's too much fucking work. Mm -hmm. No. I'd make some kind of like anything that could be uh, frozen well and mac and cheese freezes really well and make meatballs and big ziti or something like that. I would also make maybe um, burritos or like, uh, like La Palma burritos that are smaller because burritos freeze extremely well. Well, what's nice about like each of those is there's like a built-in vegetarian vegan option in all of that too. Oh, Cause that's like what can... I'm thinking about right off the bat. <laughs> That's what they were asking for. I'm not thinking about that either. Oh, they were asking for that? They wanted one vegetarian slash vegan option. Oh, I thought you were just making that shit up. <laughs> I wasn't like, oh, and you know what really appeals to me about this, Dave, is the vegetarian angle. <laughs> uh, I think that's I good think enough. That's, I think that's great. I think that's great. Trevor, 
uh, invoices in the mail from us. You can pass that on to your landlord to pay for the Retainer. consultation. <laughs> Retainer. Uh, Claire Ellis writes, I live in London. Yes, the land of aluminium. But my husband travels to LA for work. He's brought me back an any day set and some Momofuku bits because they can't be shipped to the UK. But what other shelf stable food items should he pick up to bring back for me? Could be condiments or snacks or whatever. Salt, salt, salt water taffy. <laughs> Chocolate covered macadamia nuts. <laughs> hey, man, I, I always appreciate anybody who brings those back from the, the Hawaiian airports for me. Chex Mix. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, like Claire, you Beef should be turkey. sending. You should be sending stuff our way. Like, send us some violet crumbles. Yeah. Send us some Vegemite, whatever. <laughs> no, clearly, besides the any day, thank you for the support and anything that's Momofuku, you can get most of those things. I, I can't imagine. I would say different kinds of hot sauces potentially. Um, listen, all the chips are better in London. They just are. The chips are better. Potato chips are really, really good. Chocolate bars, we've already discussed uh, on Snack Master, the World Cup of Snacks, which we will do way better. I just don't know what you could bring here. Maybe maybe anything that's Mexican in flavor. I was going to say, I don't think that shelf stable is what you should be looking at. Like, like tortillas would be fine to fly back with. They would be like delicious. You can buy chilies and you should, you should go to H-Mart and go up and down the snack aisle and pick a couple of random things each time and bring them back. Oh, she could get a Wetzel's pretzels hot dog. <laughs> Here, honey, I brought this back. It's only 30 hours old. <laughs> Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. Jeremy G wrote in to ask, as I've been trying to learn about Korean cooking, largely through Mangchi videos, there's one thing that's confused me. It seems like a lot of the beef recipes I see say to either rinse the raw beef, soak the raw beef in water, or blanch the beef prior to the primary cooking. Why is this? It feels like I might just be washing off the flavor. There's a related question from Derek Shin who writes, my Korean mom and many other ajumas have told me to let my chicken marinate in some milk to get rid of the chicken smell. Is this a real thing or just a thing Korean moms do? I've never been able to tell if it's actually doing anything. Thoughts on rinsing meat? Uh, on the on the former. Former is the one that is most recently in the past, right? <laughs> the former is the first one, yes. Former is Derek Shin. No, latter is no, Derek Shin. No, the latter is Derek Shin. So let me answer the latter first. <laughs> Who's on first? Um, I've never heard of that soaking milk uh, and chicken. Um, so it's not something my mother did. I don't know if they're punking you, but I would consider that a terrible waste of 
dairy product, chicken really doesn't have a smell. Yeah. So, unless you're, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the yeah, I think the the better question is, why does your chicken smell? <laughs> That's not a good yeah. sign. Unless you're having wild guinea hen or something like that. I have heard about like soaking chicken livers in milk. Yes. I've heard of this as a thing, but never soaking but this, chicken. You know in what milk. I could imagine? This is how it happens uh, if, if, with Korean moms. They were reading like a parade magazine at the at the mall or the doctor's office, and I've seen this kind of shit happen in my own life. And one of my mom's friends, this is happening, and she comes back and say, "Oh, I read something. We should try it this way." But the recipe that they were reading about was buttermilk. <laughs> right. But they just like, didn't know game, what buttermilk was. It turns was. into milk. Right. And because somebody does this, that's a Korean ajima, and they talk about it at church, then it spreads like uh, ivermectin or Windex during peak COVID times. And that's just how it happens. Right. I'm not saying it is fake news, but I could imagine that things get lost in translation and that's how it happened. Or it could legitimately be that that's one way of getting rid of milk smell. I just have never done that, nor will I try to do that. <laughs> right. But this is how like so much, like it's not just like related to like Korean ajimas and things like this is how all cooking mythology starts. Because the reason why I have a hard time thinking that maybe Derek, knowing my Asian mom, she would never do that because that would be a waste of dairy unless she's making a dish with that milk, mm -hmm. right? She would immediately, I know her, she would say, you should just do it in water because it's free. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like an Asian mom, my Asian mom, would your Asian mom say the same thing? She might actually see this as a bona fide thing people do. But her translation would be, no, that's a waste of milk. You know, no, the way it would play out in my house would be, I would come home, visit my parents, thinking I had learned some new cool chicken washing technique in milk. I'd waste a bunch of milk. And then without telling me, my mom would somehow find a way to save that milk mm, this <laughs> is true. This into is a true. container, <laughs> knowing that I was going to throw it away. And then she it would pasteurized sit the, the milk all over again. And now it's your cereal milk the next <laughs> right, day. Right. And then serve it to me in the morning. <laughs> yes. Yes. That uh, is true. Now, what about the rinsing beef versus like. That is something my mom okay. and many ajimas. And I say this because a lot of cream men don't cook. Um, that happens all the time. The French, they, I believe it was called degorger. So you would soak your veal bones. I know bones happen quite a bit, especially when you're making a stock. You want to get a lot of the blood out. Blood is also not something you would think blood would be something that would be uh, acceptable in Japanese food. Blood. Mm -hmm. You know what I found that a lot of Japanese are just deathly terrified of? Blood. They mm -hmm. don't want it anywhere near their fucking food. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? So there's an aversion to blood. And people want it out. Uh, it can muddy your your soups, especially if you're making a clean soup, like a kalbi tang, which is the clean broth. If you're doing a, even with a, the braised uh, meats and beef stuff, uh, my mom would always soak it in water to take as much of that, the blood and 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 the other scummy shit out, or you know, salt will also extract a lot of that out. Or they will do that, and then they will do a first boil. 
I I don't I'm not I'm not an advocate for this. I think the first that boil is, being one that they will cook. Uh, you know, you'll cook. It's the already meat in soaked water. in water, and then they'll boil it in new water, and, and then pour all that water out. Yeah, and then boil it again in fresh water, which you wouldn't do. Yeah. So an equivalent off the top of my head would be you have uh, Captain Crunch cereal, something like that, or now okay. it's like lemur puffs. <laughs> yeah, panda puffs. Pour milk yeah. all over your cereal. You let it soak, and then you strain out the milk, and then you pour a new cup of milk onto your cereal. That's what, you know, if you saw somebody do that, you'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, what? what? But you will, you will from time to time do the, the initial soak? Never. Never. No. What will happen is like, if you, so correct me if I'm wrong, but like when you boil it without soaking, oftentimes that blood and whatever, whatever stuff you're pouring out just like ends up coagulating. And that's like yes. the quote unquote scum. There's that other rises means to, the top, to right? clarify something on a professional level. So if I need to clarify it into a consomme, I can do a gelatin technique or I can make a raft and I can clarify it. There are other things that I can do by how I cook something in a, in a boil, how I extract the flavors out of whatever beef, chicken, if I'm not rapidly boiling it, because that's the only temperature for um, Korean soups or baking soup is boiled, no simmer. There's mm -hmm. no... There's nothing in between. It's fucking dead cold or fucking inferno boiling temperature. There's nothing in between. So I, I, that can actually muddy it. And there's other ways to do this, in my opinion, where you can get a clear broth without having to waste a lot of that flavor that can be clarified. So no, I, I tend not to do that. And the reality is at home, I am too fucking lazy can I ask you, I've never, I've, I've, I've always been too intimidated and I was never asked to do this in any real setting. Like I've never done the raft. Like, uh, did, did you do the raft beyond like culinary school? And is it like the mm -hmm. best way of clarifying a broth? No, it's not the best way, but it's a flavorful way because it does impact a lot of flavor, right? You're adding meat to basically meat broth. And I've had to make a lot of rafts over the years. Um, I remember one time minced minced ground beef is the, you is the use raft. minced egg whites. Um, okay. It's actually an amazing technique. It looks it awesome. Consommes are delicious. They are so so good. Such a pain in the ass to make. When I worked for Tom Clickia, we would and Marco, we would have to. We made a lot of consommes for the rabbit balancing. There was another dish that I can't remember off the top of my head, where I would have to make a lot of consommes. The real shitty thing about that is sometimes if you make consommes you have to serve the raft as a family meal <laughs> oh my god really That's yeah insane. yeah just like the, you're serving the pond skimmer staff and you can brutal. i mean i've seen people do it without really sort of uh you can make it like a vegetarian raft it, it can there are tricks to it but a technique that heston blumenthal i believe developed i don't know if it was Fernand, and then Wiley taught it to me was the gelatin clarification technique, which how does is that work? you add sheets of gelatin to your consomme, to your broth or whatever, and you freeze it hmm. and you let it strain out and the gelatin, you know, coagulates a lot of the proteins and that sort of makes all the scum and other elements stick together. And because it's a, you know, as it slowly melts in, like it's jello, right? So if you make jello at a cold temperature, at a certain temperature, you let it melt, 
the liquid stays liquid and you can take the gelatin off the top. Oh, that's interesting. That's cool. Um, and that's how we used to do it at a variety of our restaurants. So there are other ways to do it. I don't, I would never do it at home and it's just not pressing to me. Uh, I would rather have the flavor and cloudiness at home. But again, that's just me. My mom religiously soaked her any beef that she was going to cook into a soup or, or stew. And maybe that's one reason why my kalbi jim doesn't taste as good as hers, but you know, <laughs> you're, you're, you're I just saved, I saved 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to put the effort into finding out if that's the difference. This is interesting because this, uh, there's a discord user at ominous, uh, was circulating this video. I don't know if you've seen this before either Chang, I will describe it as I send it to you, but it's basically a, a way of, of skimming the fat. And or is it ominous? If they're British, that's user at Ominius uh, <laughs> flagged this video of clarifying or like uh, or descumming or or or, or or whatever defatting. Oh yeah, I see this. This is, bril- this is brilliant. Where you take a giant ball of ice and yeah. dip it into the broth, and it just solidif- the fat solidifies around. Let it me let me tell you why I this would be a pain in the ass to actually do. Getting that ice is such a fucking pain in the ass. It is a, sorry, for anybody, it's like a coconut-sized sphere of ice that you can, like, grab and dip into the thing. So, no. (laughs) The science makes sense because as you sort of rapidly shock the the, the gelatin and all the fat, it'll just, you know, like a magnet with with sort of, like, steel or iron threads, it'll just stick to this thing like like a child toy. I think it looks great on Instagram and TikTok, but if that is not a uh, prerequisite for me to go to a hot pot spot. Because <laughs> in fact, techniques. if I have to skim the fat, anybody that's skimming the fat to me is on the level of somebody that is getting a uh, pepperoni pizza and they're dabbing all the fucking oil off it. Right. I mean, it's like, like it's almost worse than that. It's like you're ordering fried chicken and peeling the fried part off. <laughs> <laughs> just eating the meat. Hot, you're eating hot pot. <laughs> Eat the hot fat part. That's what you're there for. Fat is flavor. Yeah. Uh, it looks cool, though. If anybody wants to look it's it up. Super, look up it a, looks extremely cool. Uh, I've seen that. Have I seen it a, a variety of times? Yeah, but I don't understand what they're doing. Why would you do that? Why would you want the fat gone? I don't know. I mean, I think that's like it's if, ostensibly. If we were dining together and you saw me taking the fat out of our communal hot pot. I'd call the police and be like, something is wrong with this. What are you doing? Yeah. If you don't like the fat, why are you eating here? Right. But is it like, I I, I, I just, I'm assuming that that is like a pot, a hot pot that has been, I'm not kidding. Explain it. I was going to say something and it's like, that's not even worth explaining. doesn't make any sense. Why would you take the fat off of the hot pot? It's going to McDonald's with your own air fryer because you don't want it deep fried. (laughs) What, What are you doing at McDonald's to begin with? Right. It's bringing it's bringing your own light salad dressing to McDonald's for their salad. Yeah, after you've had twenty piece chicken and nuggets, two Big Macs, and a Diet Coke, <laughs> it's bringing your own lettuce for the Big Mac. Uh, user at Husky Slacks, who um, was a Recipe Club's Jello salad submitter that we cooked with Rachel Kong and Wiley Dufresne, continues to chime in with some interesting queries. Husky Slacks. Could have been Post Malone's name in that name generator. 
Husky Slacks. It was one click away from being Post Malone's name. Husky Slacks. Husky Slacks. You, could been, you could have been famous. That was the only difference. I was meeting someone around lunch the other day, and they ordered sandwiches ahead of me getting there. We were not planning to have lunch. They just wanted to be hospitable, and they got me tuna, presuming that, quote, everyone likes tuna. I feel like that's a wild move. Can you ambush people with food like that? And if you're buying, let's say if you're buying sandwiches, what is the safest bet to buy for a group? Would you have bought tuna in this situation? Well, there's Husky Slacks, Post Malone. There's a lot of different ways we can attack this question. <laughs> Number one, having filmed a lot of different things, we just filmed something yesterday and Craft Services had all kinds of sandwiches. People that buy food for film sets and TV sets have to do this all the time because it, it, especially if it's not like a long shoot and they're going to a local place, which happens a lot. It's always a sandwich. They have to buy a vegetarian one. I had it yesterday, which was garbage. <laughs> it was, it was an Italian hoagie with no, without meat. any of the meat replaced with two slices of avocado with oh. a shit ton of mayo. And I bit into it. And I said, no. This so what are we is talking, not what we're talking about? Are we talking about, let me, let me just, let me ask. Are we talking about like lettuce, bell peppers, onions, avocado? This is the, this is what the subway people would call a veggie delight. Well, yeah, no, I've never ordered such things. So I wouldn't know. <laughs> so they had that. They had a ham and cheese. They had an Italian and they had um, a turkey. Could have also had tuna. I don't know if I would do tuna. But a lot of it depends on where I am in America. Mm -hmm. If I was in New England, I would have tuna fish in New England as a sandwich, along with a vodka soda or gin and tonic. <laughs> Some of my best friends <laughs> I only like eat tuna, they suck cigarettes, and they drink gin and tonics. <laughs> okay, so Husky Slacks is like, this is an a wild move. But Dave is saying if he were going to a business meeting in the uh, Northeast Corridor of the United States, he'd be like, I assume you wanted tuna and vodka soda. <laughs> yeah. This is what you want for your business meeting. Got it. I think I think tuna is a safe bet. Right? You do think tuna is a safe bet. I think bet. tuna is a safe bet. And I would assume that, that a lot of people like tuna. I think it's it's... it's It'd be a tuna or chicken salad situation. So if I was up to me, your host, they, they did make a mistake. Now, I feel a little bit like Matlock right now in front of a jury, and I'm about to just blow this whole case wide open. Okay. Because, number one, here's a problem. They only ordered one sandwich. Let me, let me, let me back up. I think, I think what happened here was Husky Slacks <laughs> Husky was going to a meeting and when Husky Slacks, when he arrived at the meeting, the person had already ordered food for everybody, had sandwiches waiting, and one, and, and tuna it was, was the only one who tuna for it everybody. Seems like tuna. Mm, I can't. I don't know. It right? says that. Yeah. So I'm assuming that they pre-ordered tuna just for Husky Slacks. Right. I think that's a little bit weird. Not in that in the sense of ordering tuna for Husky Slacks. What makes it weird to me is that they only ordered one sandwich for Husky Slacks. That's <laughs> right there in his name, Husky Slacks. That's just weird. That's bizarre behavior. Because I think in a normal situation, like a pro eating move would be this, if it's a dinner, a lunch, or whatever. If there were four people dining with at the restaurant, I would have pre-ordered probably six to six, seven six, sandwiches. Six, six or seven sandwiches, yeah, six. Yeah. One vegetarian. 
Maybe I'd err on two because you never know, right? Someone may not be a vegetarian, but who knows? The cardiologist says you can't eat delicious things anymore. (laughs) Who knows? Who knows why that might happen? (laughs) Then you would get, you know, your typical ham and cheese, your burhamon. I would get every sandwich possible. With, 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 with exactly the point where I would overorder. So if people wanted, say, the cheesesteak, three people wanted the cheesesteak, it's okay. You could share, you could split. I don't know if I would do business with these people that pre-order the sandwich. <laughs> it's a short-sightedness that I cannot forgive. Yeah. I think it speaks volumes about their ability to, to see trends and to be thoughtful. I would, I would pass Husky Slacks. Now, what do you think? Would it be with I, better? I, I, nothing to do with it. Well, tuna fish. I get it. But the fact that they only order tuna fish, or alternatively, they could have been this. Everyone's getting tuna fish. That's what I was going to say. If that is the case, run. Get out of there. <laughs> like, that's even crazier, right? That's so crazy. <laughs> that's so crazy. That's like more crazy than going to a Chinese restaurant and everyone ordering their own dish. Let me present a different scenario for you, similar to what you just described. Let's say you're coming to a business meeting. There are four attendees. I have pre-ordered sandwiches, but I have never having met you, never having met any of the people that I'm meeting with. I have chosen four distinct sandwiches and matched them to what I think that you want. What about that scenario where I've even gone so far? Now, as now let, me, let, me, let me say this. If you were able to nail that, yeah, we're business partners you forever. Business. You you have my business. <laughs> you, you 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 are my blood brother. <laughs> you know, it's a, again, it's a little bit like uh, uh, the Solomon brothers, my buddies that took that Series Seven test. Right? They would identify <laughs> the people that were very talented and ambitious by, you know, whoever got closest to seventy passing. It's harder to get seventy than it is a hundred, right? Mm-hmm. It would tell me so much about you. You were like, whoa, this person actually had to bet and think and do some sort of research oh. and they chose correctly. I'm like, and then if you nail I mean, like, the person hey, Chris, who wanted did tuna. You, did, did you, do you have a feels medal on you? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the only scenario that works. That's it. <laughs> because uh, if they just ordered you a tuna fish sandwich, that's. There's just very few ways this comes out positive here. But even before that, when you just said pre-ordered, that's where you had me at hello. I was like, wow. We're, 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 we're copacetic. We're so simpatico right now. The pre-ordering before you even get to the restaurant, that is God-tier level shit. <laughs> but not if it's just tuna fish. Husky Slacks needs to describe a little bit more here. <laughs> Let me ask you. So to, to Husky Slacks, I think the spirit of the question was like, would you just assume that tuna was one of the pantheon of like, well, everybody will eat turkey or ham and cheese depends or on the Depends on where I am. But also, don't you think that like, I agree that the majority of people probably like tuna, but there's probably enough people, there are like people who hate tuna as opposed to like, nobody gives a shit about turkey one way or another. <laughs> so you could just order turkeys as like the utility one. But tuna, you're taking a risk. Just generally. It also could be... be, be uh, 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 we need descriptions of the kind of tuna salad. If it was the kind of tuna salad sandwich that's sans mayo with raisins and stuff. <laughs> what is that even? You know All what right, I mean? Like, I never tasted one, but the tuna fish sandwich that doesn't have mayonnaise. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. 
Have you ever had one? Why would I ever have had one of those? I know. I know. <laughs> Tuna is a vehicle for mayonnaise. Uh, all right. Let me do, let's, let's do one last thing. And this is actually a little bit out of, out of our, our normal formula here, but bringing life after sourdough back into the, <laughs> into the uh, conversation here, life after sourdough had a suggestion for us and these ask Dave episodes and thought it would be fun if Dave, you did a Dave asks and threw a question out there for the discord for everybody out there to discuss among themselves that we can then revisit and talk about here. So is there a question you would pose to our Discord community, to everybody out there to ponder over the week, discuss in the Discord, and then we'll come back to, they threw out the example of what's the best meal you made this year in less than 20 minutes? That's the question they were saying you could throw out there. But you got something you want to hear from everybody else about? I can tell you. I can answer that. Well, answer, first answer that question then. Best meal you made in under 20 minutes. I'll tell you, I think it was yesterday. I bought a Dungeness crab mm-hmm. and I took some onions and garlic and some scallion ends and I almost didn't burn it, but I cooked the shit out of it in my nonstick wok, Meyer wok. And then as it was cooking, I broke down the crab into bar- the bits. I also was microwaving vermicelli noodles in my any day. Mm-hmm. Half a package, strain that out, and I pan roasted all of that with some savory salt, some um, chili pepper, and some agave, and some soy. And that wasn't even 20 minutes. That was like 10 minutes. Yeah. It was so good. You just broke, so just to be clear, you just broke down the crab. You didn't clean the crab. You just broke it down like into chunks, like, like a, yeah. I don't even degorge beef bones. <laughs> Very suggestion that I had to clean the crab meat is an insult. I understand. I took I was, the gills out, and that was about it. Because yeah. everyone in my household knows how to eat a know, crab. We don't go hunting. We don't pass things down. But what I will guarantee, I pass down to my kids is how to eat fucking crab and how to pick crab. <laughs> Teach a man to no pick chain will crab. ever know how to not eat crab. Yeah, I agree. Pick a pick a crab for a baby. You feed him for a day. Teacher, teacher well, so what, what is the question? The question, is, the question is, do you want to throw a question out there for the Discord? A Dave asks question for everyone to discuss over the next however many over the next week, and we'll we'll read everybody's answers and come back. Do you go? Do you go to the grocery store, your local grocery store, wherever you buy your groceries, and do you, are you bored by the options? <laughs> That's good. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Specifically, when I stare at the produce, and I'm just like, I've had all of this, and I don't. Yeah. I don't want any more. Nothing is going to move the needle. Mm-hmm. Going by the meat department again. <laughs> Nothing's changed. <laughs> I have chicken breast. I have organic chicken breast. I have chicken thighs. I have organic chicken thighs. I got bone-in chicken breast. Organic bone-in chicken breast. I got... <laughs> it doesn't This is change. a great question. When you... To, to the Discord community and anybody out there who wants to, to join us, send an email to the fixer at Major Demo Media, whatever... Are you bored of what you find at the grocery store? Are you venturing outside of your comfort zone? Are you forcing yourself? Are you what are you doing? Are you where are you feeling this same, you know, peril, peril, paralysis of choice? I'll, I have a good one. These are all re- I, I, I got one. It is the day after the expiration date on your your on yogurt. Okay. Are you eating it? Oh, here's a good one that happened recently. We're at a friend's house that. They lent us in the freezer where yogurt pops that were 
expired now. The date, whatever. It was expired. Like three months expired. Okay. But you know. <laughs> I know what I was would, I know what I would freezer. do. <laughs> I know what I would do. I had a, I had a, I had a, a minor conversational debate with Grace about this. I was like, this is shelf stable. It is okay to eat. <laughs> and she looked at me like I was a monster. You want to do this to your ch- kids? I found a fucking open sleeve of Oreos at an Airbnb and we ate them. It's fine. <laughs> but we're talking about expiration. Yeah. All right. So the question is, no visible on, on the on the refrigerated yogurt, no visible signs of mold, nothing un, untoward with the smell, but it's a day past the expiration. Do you eat it? Let's say, let's say it's let's say the tub, by the way. Chang, because I think this matters to some extent. Let's say the tub is more than half full, two thirds full still, past its expiration. Sub question: If you find frozen yogurt pops that are three months past their expiration date in the freezer, do you eat them? Discuss on the Discord. We'll uh, we'll join you in there. We'll pull some interesting tidbits and discuss. I got them so on many. Show. When you're staying at a hotel, <laughs> one do you question: eat the, Do you eat the bedtime chocolates that they put on? Pillow. The pillow mint. The pillow mint. Do you? Do you, Chris? I mean, like, it's only, I mean, the fact that you're asking that question is the first time in my entire life that I've ever considered why I wouldn't. <laughs> All when, right. Do you eat when, pillow mints? When you're, when you're leaving an airplane and you have an unopened bottle of water. Hmm. Bring it. Do you bring it with you? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my one gesture to the, to the, to mother earth. I'll bring this with me. When you're staying at a hotel, do you take all the shampoo bottles with you, Chris? <laughs> no. No. Because nowadays they're like, you know, they're all, uh, I mean, mm, that's not true. I was in my shower See? today and I was like, what are these fucking Disney hotels shampoos doing in here? So somebody's Now the question them. is, is did your parents do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Talk about it. Just we had like 18 gallon size freezer bags, Ziploc bags full of hotel amenities yeah all right give us five stars answer whatever question that we talked about one of the 17 that we just came up with uh but but genuinely thank you all the to everyone that participates and in and adds to the colorful commentary on our discord channel so thank you so much guys 